the, the belly that goes high right. Glory days, you haven't seen my bank account. Glory days, you haven't seen the family situation. Glory days, you haven't seen my doctor's report. But I want to talk about glory days because glory days are one of the things you can see in the Bible and in history that blesses God most. God absolutely loves it when people are surrounded with darkness, trouble, stress, broken, beat up. He loves just stooping down and touching earth with heaven, and glory days begin. And today is what that's all about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you how we believe that for in the Vine Church, seven years of glory days begins today. Glory, the word has many meanings in Scripture, but today I'm using the word in the context of the magnificence, presence of God showing up and everything changes. I'm using in the context of the magnificent presence of God, looks down, stoops down, touches a man or touches a woman, and boom, everything changes. And in a couple of minutes, I've got an amazing clip to show you. But uh, as well as our vision day, it's a fun day today. How many people know that Jesus had more joy and above all his fellows? Come on. Not very sure about that. How many people believe that Jesus, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and Jesus had more of that stuff than anybody? Come on. He was a fun guy to be around. He didn't stick to the rules and the protocols, and he would do things on Sunday. Nobody else did. But last week, God touched a pastor in Africa and brought him here. He said some great things, but one of the things he said in the big team meeting was this that it's essential for people that are committed to your vision to know your history, to know your present-day story, and to know your future and buy into it. He said it brilliantly. He said people committed to vision are people who, will, who know your history, they know your present day, what's going on now, and they know where you're going and buy in. So today we're going to give you a little potted a little potted journey of the Vine Church from the beginning. And if you've been here from the beginning and you've heard this 100 times, you can enjoy it 101 times. But keep in mind, some people just come in the door and it's new to them. So we're going to begin in this a fantastic passage where heaven looks down one day and heaven sees the whole earth, the whole earth, the whole earth, it's having a tough shift. And heaven looks down and finds two ladies. That gives you an insight to the fact that God has ladies at the center of any amazing glory days and move of God. And he, he looks at a young little single girl. She's, she's going to the youth group on a Friday night trying to get into that singles ministry thing. And then an older woman, an older woman who can't have any bairns. So we got a young woman and an old woman. And God, heaven looks down and sees the two of them struggling away. And heaven comes down and ta 
catches them. And glory's days begin for the whole earth. Look at yourself. Luke 1, 26. It's a great story. You may have heard the story a thousand times, but every time I read the story, something fresh and new comes from it. It was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So she's, she's heavy, heavy duty. And, and God, he looks down and touches her. He sends an angel Gabriel to Galilee, but he sends the angel to a virgin pledged to be married to a man called Joseph. The name of the virgin was Mary. The angel said to her, greetings. Whenever God says greetings to you, start worrying. (laughs) She's on one flight path, boom. Heaven's about to change our whole trajectory and flight path forever. <clears throat> Mary was greatly troubled and wondered, what kind of greeting might this be? But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call his name Jesus, and he will be great and called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. I mean, he's not just saying, can you get one, one, one ounce of this? Hey, little virgin girl, you're going to have a baby. That's, that's enough. Angel shows up, that's enough. And he said, this baby, he's going to be the business. He's going to have a kingdom. Glory to his kingdom, and it's going to reign over the whole earth. <laughs> that's the young girl. That's, that's the young one and single one in the singles group. And then the angel, uh, of course, Mary said this brilliant question that women are good at. Amen. They're very good at. She said, how will this be? how will this be since I'm still a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. In other words, heaven will touch earth, and the power of heaven, the Most High, will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even your, your old relative, your old relative, Elizabeth, <laughs> If you were bringing news to somebody, you give them a bit of a time, eh? But, but she said, and, and by the way, <laughs> before you die of shock, see that old relative of yours, Elizabeth? The one who's crying every night, the barren one? She's going to conceive. In fact, she's already in her six months. For no word from God will ever fail. <laughs> I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled in me. Then angels do what they do well. He left her on her tot to work it all out. When heaven touches earth, we pray for revival, but when heaven touches earth, the flight path you're on completely changes. Your trajectory completely changes. The Holy Spirit said to me in preparing this message today, I'm changing the vine's trajectory. 
I'm changing the flight path. I lay in the back garden at this point, and this horrendous noise comes over our house now every hour. Huge aircraft. I Googled that thing in, and it says, Edinburgh Airport are doing a three-week experiment with new flight paths. It doesn't say on their wedge page that all of them are coming over my house. But, but God has wonderful ways of getting through to you and getting your attention. And that's what we're going today. And so God, he steps down. Let me find the, the, worst little, the weakest little girl he could find, shivering, terrified, troubled. <clears throat> and this little old lady who, with all the efforts and all the shame in the village, she just can't have a baby. And God, heaven steps down and says, see, see the world would go, I'm going to empower these women. I'm going to find two of the strongest women in town, and I'm going to make them strong and assertive and pushy and men. I'm going to put CEO on their forehead, and I'm going, to, I'm going to take them strong, and I'm going to make them stronger. That's the world's way. And many churches buy into that thing. They call it empowerment. But God doesn't get you and me and empower us. He gets the weak things and those that are not so that he can reveal his power and his glory and his strength through the weakest vessels on the earth. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Come on. He gets all the glory that way. He gets all the glory that way. You got Christians running around. One contacted me on Friday night. Hey, I need from a, a European country. Very nice man. I need to talk to you. And I said, who are you? And he gave me his title. I think he was the CEO of the coalition. I thought I worked for the co-board at this point. The CEO of the coalition of the European prophets or the la-di-da-di-da-di-da. And I'm a, I find me, but what's your story? Oh, he said, my wife left me in 1988, and I was a total wreck, but God's given me another chance. So, so he didn't he didn't work through titles. He works through the weakness, and he gets all the glory. I, don't you love it when God gets all the glory? And anything we're going to do, he's going to get the glory. Let's applaud him once more. It's all right to applaud God. Come on. He chooses the weak things like you and me. And so today is a very special day for us at church. We're going to spell it in a moment. The day God touched earth, began this church, and then seven, about seven years ago, he touched us again. Something's happened, and I'm going to bring it up to speed. But today, we're going to see a change of flight path. We're going to see the, the same, you know, a little lady, a little lady, she must have been like the most, she was so weak and tired. All she needed was a seat. In a bus, that little Christian lady, she's, she's, she's the weakest thing. And one day, she, she's so tired, she's so exhausted, she's got her groceries, she can't even walk from here to the back of the bus. She, she sits there in the front of the bus. 
And in that moment, heaven touched earth, and Rosa Parks, God used her to ignite glory, the beginning of what eventually would be glory days and freedom from slavery for black people that were in horrendous circumstances. Because one woman changed their flight path, because one, two people changed their flight path, we're going to show another clip of a man who was a preacher. And he worked in what we call the faith mountain or the church sphere of influence. But one day, he switched flight paths. He began to work in the government sphere of influence or mountain. I'll explain that in a moment. The moment he did that, this is what took place. Let's have the clip up, please, Robert. Thanks. No man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus that's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day, when the glory comes It will be ours, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, woman and child even jesus got his crown in front of a crowd they march with the torch we gonna run with it now never look back we done gone hundreds of miles from dark roads heroes to become a hero facing the league of justice his power was the people enemy is lethal a king became regal saw the face of jim crow under a ball ego the biggest weapon 
is to stay peaceful. We sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream, we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It take the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day, when the war is won. Give it up for freedom, guys. Come on. Give it up. How many of you have seen the film Selma? How many have seen that film? Yeah, a few of you. You've got to watch the whole film. It's fantastic. And you know, the moment Elma and I stood in Martin Luther King's house in downtown Atlanta, we saw the giant water feature they built in his memories. These are the moments heaven comes down and touches you, and you're never the same again, and neither is your vision. And so, we had another moment. We had another moment when a little boy was tending his flocks. And the prophet comes and said, bring all your sons. And he was so insignificant, we don't even know why he was insignificant. We're not even clear whether it's illegitimate or whatever. But obviously, his dad was not proud of him for some reason. In other words, he said, I mean, if somebody says, let me see your son, you're proud to show them all. But he's, and, and the father, the prophet, to say, you don't have another one? Ah, yeah, I got a, I got a kid. He's, he's doing the pastor stuff. He, he's, he's a little pastor of the sheep out there. And he said, I will bring him. And they brought him, and heaven touched him. Heaven touched him. In glory days, the hell of Herod, or of Goliath rather, and all these threats was over. The moment heaven touches the shepherd boy and changes his flight path from his little pasture and the sheep to the battlefield when the church in history switches flight path. When Martin Luther King switched the flight path, explosive blessing and glory came down. A little quick bit of history. How many know where Queen Anne High School is? How many went to Queen Anne High School? Right, well, back there in the kitchens of Queen Anne High School in 1968, 
Another one of those little girls was tearing open bread rolls with her thumbs and learning a trade to spread butter on them. When her discipleship, heaven came down and began the discipleship as the boss came along and said, hey, we all do that in private, but in public, when you take a bread roll, you slice it down the middle nice and neatly with a bread knife. The discipleship had begun, and around that time, God touched that young girl's life, and uh, not too long after that, she was appointed manager's job with about 30 staff in Dalgetty Bay. And that little, that 16-year-old was shaking their boots because, A, you had to be 18 to use the industrial machinery. But when you're the boss at 16 or 17, you're not even old enough to use the machinery, so you depend on others. And most of the staff had been 25 years of experience. So a terrified, frightened young girl goes in there with zero confidence. And in that moment, heaven was touching earth in another part of this town where I was sitting one Saturday morning, not even known what, what God was doing, but he, he just touched my life to open a newspaper, and I see this face, and he says, this shall be your wife, 16 years of age. And a couple of years later, God joined us together, and in due course, Heaven touches our life and in three months of marriage and gives us a vision in due course for one of the greatest churches on the face of the earth. We began a few years later in Wellwood Community Center just north of Queen Anne School with 20 plus amazing friends. The Turk brothers, Adrian and Lenny, and their wives Carol and Muriel joined us in leadership. We didn't have a clue what we're doing. And I want to encourage you, everybody, when you're a leader, everybody wants to know what you're doing. The truth is, God always works most powerfully when you don't have a clue what you're doing. And if we just spent a lot more time in the don't have a clue days, we would see God move. Because when Abraham stepped out, and God showed him the stars, and he maybe not too sure of it, so he shows him the sand, his descendants. But it says, he went out not knowing where he was going and what he was doing. You know, God has real trouble getting us just to trust that he's driving the bus. And he was bringing the glory days there to Abraham. So, a few years later, God touches her life, and he tells us it's time for Elma to rise up and raise up one of the greatest team of ladies and, and, and ladies' movements, and, and he touches my life. And for 10 years, we just began loving and pouring in life into a dozen, each on a Monday. And, and uh, but I had to just about dragging almost screaming for two years. She had no confidence and no nothing. And, and so God takes this frightened bunny rabbit. And, uh, and in due course, she's in a team of world leaders in Bogota, preaching to 25,000 ladies, people in the stadium. And then in due course, was addressing 60,000 
ladies, Christian ladies, in the World Cup uh, Stadium of Lima in Peru. And the truth of the matter is that glory days come when God touches a weakling, when God touches an are not or a have not. So when you say, I, I have not got the skills, I have not got the vision, I have not got the health, I have not got the energy, I haven't got this, I haven't got that. And so bringing us up to today now with divine vision, about seven, and, and, and I'll just quickly share one of the, one of the fruits of that new trajectory, that new flight path, was a young lady, and I don't mean to embarrass nobody, but probably the most frightened, frightened bunny rabbit we've ever met in our life. And, uh, you know, frightened to speak, frightened to do this, frightened to do that. And through the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we watched these ladies blossom and these guys blossom to where that lady now it switched mountains. She switched her fear of influence. She didn't just stay in a little church circle. She crossed over and, and, and took on a, a, a family ministry here on a Thursday morning with little toddlers. And then her and her husband took on the children's work here. You ought to come in here on a Thursday morning at 10 o'clock and see what goes on because it's packed full. The gym was packed to the gunnels of young mothers and young babies, little tiny babies, all singing Christian songs, by the way, and over 90% of them are unsaved people who have not found Jesus yet. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus right. That's the fruit. That's the fruit. And so, you know, we, we, we were excited when a few years ago, the Holy Spirit touched us again. And he said, you know, when I spoke to Moses and I told him you're going into the glory land, the glory days, the land of Canaan, he said, first, there are seven powers in that land. There are seven tribes, the Gadites, the Hittites, the Levites. There was a whole troop of seven ruling powers in this land. And God said to Moses, yeah, you've been like a good shepherd boy steering the sheep, but you have to go into each of these seven and conquer them and take them back. And you could go any land in any culture in any nation to this day, and you will see those exact saving powers of influence. And here's what's happened. The church of Jesus Christ has been dwarfed. It's been, a, it's been like a season of, of, of what I call Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It's like the church, the Snow White and across Europe has been asleep in those, and the church has been dwarfed in each of these, what we call mountains or spheres of influence. And so, during that time, we saw that the devil had taken residence in all those seven mountains. And wherever the devil taken red, re, re, residence, he dwarfed the church. He dwarfed the significance of Christianity to the point where in some nations they approve of killing Christians. And every single day you breathe, a Christian is killed simply for being a Christian. That's how much has been dwarfed because the devil has taken residence in all seven of these fears in different places. 
We call them government, education, media, celebration, which is like arts and sports, faith, business, and family. The devil, I don't need to spend two seconds convincing you that the devil has had a heyday and ruling in our government and bringing in some of the most immoral rules and regulations we've ever seen in history. How many people would agree with that? So who's ruling there? In education, the devil has been ruling and reigning. There are materials that if you saw some of the materials your kids were being taught, you wouldn't sleep. They're horrendous because the devil is taking residence there. And, and in the media now, you know, we used to have a nine o'clock watershed now. We got the most filthy stuff you can imagine and it drummed into your kids' skulls from seven o'clock at night, every night. You're having your tea and you got all kinds of weirdos and immoral moral people uh, presenting as the norm. And so we can see where the, the church has allowed the devil to take dominion, authority over these. And these Believe it or not, they have power. The media has unbelievable power. Education, edu there is amazing power over your children. And we've got great Christian teachers battling away in each of these. But the Lord spoke to Elm and I uh, about seven years ago. And, you know, he said there was one part in the Bible where it says the corn had seven, like seven parts. And the Lord said, you've got one vision, but it's going seven ways. And I want you to equip the people, yes, to love our God, yes, to love your family, yes, to love the church. But only 11% of people, any church on the earth is only big enough for 11% to be active just in church. And so the other 89%, God has called us to bring His name and bring His power and bring His glory and take dominion in every single one of those areas you could imagine. Let me give you an example. One of these mountains we call the family mountain. It's not news to anybody that in this nation there's going to be an elderly issue like never before. People are living longer and longer and longer. Medicines are getting more and more expensive, and pensions are disappearing like you can imagine. And so we're going to have a healthcare issue for elderly people in this nation. There's going to be overwhelming explosive. What if the Holy Spirit gave us a strategy to conquer that one thing in this nation and see every town, every village, every city in this whole nation with the most awesome, explosive, kingdom-based uh, uh, elderly care and give them the best last five, ten years of life like no, no church has ever done before. How awesome would that be if the Lord allowed us favor in the mind? Come on, let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. That wouldn't be awesome. That's just one. But I believe that some of you are in art, some of you in education, some of you in different ones. But I'm telling you, God wants dominion back. He know, he's not happy with the government running your kids and, and telling you what to do. He's not happy with, with them, the media and everyone. These are discipling our kids. And so the Lord is going to give us favor like you can't believe in each of these fear of influences.
And I'm meeting people who are just like the weakest people you can imagine. I told you about one last week who's traveling with the Queen and traveling with George Osborne to solve major, major, major issues for suffering ones on the earth. People who've asked me, would you partner with us? Would you guys, could we do this together? Would you speak into this movement? And could we work together? And, and, and I'll tell you what, where we saw Martin Luther King go into that one mountain of government and burst it open and break the evil chains and release the people. God is going to take this, this little gathering of people and he's going to anoint us and use us, I'm telling you, to bring freedom to the multi, multi millions of people living in darkness in each one of these mountains of fears of influence. How many people believe that when Jesus said his glory shall cover the whole earth, he meant it? Come on. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that. So let me make this a little bit more specific. You know, seven years ago when the Lord gave us that vision and we declared that that's where we're going to go, oh my word, we just stepped into what I call a Joseph mandate. We just stepped into Joseph's shoes because when Joseph got up and said, hey, we're going to have dominion, and he had a dream, he, that was the beginning of years and years and years of opposition, attacks from family, friends, and foes like you cannot imagine. See, a lot of people think that when you get a vision, the next day is glory. No. When you get a vision, there is now comes the season of preparation. And God puts you through every single thing you can imagine so you don't have one ounce of strength left. Because if we have one ounce of strength left, one ounce of ideas left, we'll take the glory. And so God took Joseph through that refiner's fire. And one of the things people say about us preachers is that we're always given the glory stories. We never, we're never real. We never tell you what it's really like. We're never vulnerable. We're never open. We don't share what's really going on. Let me just take a minute or two to share uh, and settle that one. Because when we first announced God is going to do this amazing thing, we entered, Elm and I and the leadership and some of you guys, seven years of what I politely call hell on earth. <laughs> and some of you wonder, why have we not launched this thing and launched that thing and did this thing? Every time we go to start something or begin something new, every time we had an idea, every time we change the color of the world, and another wave of attacks would come, demonic attacks on our mind, accusations, all kinds of stuff, just wave after wave after wave, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, God has been great because he's, he's given us faithful guys like you that have held their arms up in prayer. But I don't think there's been a single week where Mr. Depression, Mr. Despair, Mr. Torment has not visited us in seven years. And so Joseph means a lot to us because we understand from Joseph, yes, you get the dream, but you ain't ready for that dream. And yes, God gave us a dream seven years ago, and, um, and we were chasing that dream and chasing that dream, and, ch and we wanted to inspire and equip people. We wanted to equip people 
you guys, everybody, in membership classes, in encounters to get people cleaned up, in discipling groups, great on-fire ladies' ministries where people get filled with the Holy Spirit and anointed and set free and equipped, men's ministries that would be blast. But every time we made a step, another wave came. But like Joseph, we're standing here today in the power of the Holy Spirit to announce the devil is finished. The waves are finished. He tried. He tried. But guess what? The Lord allowed us to obey the Word of God and trample down our enemies. Now, let me make it clear in public. A human being's never your enemy. So we're not talking about trampling, friends, brothers. Or you. We're talking about our battle was against principalities and powers of the devil that spoke even through Peter, a friend of Jesus, and he had to say, get thee behind me. So, but I'm declaring today, whatever day this is, today, it's over. And we were close, this close to to insanity, at times this close to having nothing left, this close to confusion, this close. I tried every antidepressant in the book and, and uh, you know, it didn't get me anywhere. Probably the frights I got as a young boy with LSD blocked me to medicines, I don't know, but <laughs> it didn't get me nowhere. Because here's the thing, our God, has to refine his vessels before he can use them so that when he uses them, they could never say, Elm and I in the leadership could never say, it was our clever ideas, it was our great faith, it was our prayers, it was our this, this, this. God took us through that refiner's fire till there was nothing left. And God can only trust you with something once there's nothing left. And, uh, you know, around 1400 B.C., uh, about 1400 B.C., you know, the people are just about to go through their fifth decade of this stuff, fifth decade of wilderness and attacks and depression, and they're praying for a break, and they get a break all right, Moses dies. We don't have time to go into what Moses meant to him. I'm telling you, when your dad dies, when your mother dies, that's like Moses that's, so they're like, that's the last straw. They didn't get no time to lick the winds, and God says to Joshua, God stoops down, and he touches Joshua with a dream. And that touch began seven years, seven of the greatest glory years in the people of God's history. It says in the Scripture that God gave them all the land and all the rest they needed. Who would give everything they've got just to have rest? Come on, just to have a bit of rest in your mind and your spirit so sometimes. But, but here's the thing. Joshua obeyed the Lord. Now, I'm going to get Alma to come up. I'm just going to say, would you guys help us in a minute or two? You've been a great, been a fantastic church, faithful, but would you help, would you stand with us in prayer and pray that the glory days that, that um, was ushered in through one man, 
the glory days for all the multi-millions of people in this nation and each one of these that don't know Jesus, they don't have a chance. They don't have freedom. They don't have hope. They don't have light. They don't have joy. They don't have healing. They don't have peace. The multi, multi millions in this nation and all over the earth were to get a glimpse of what the beautiful faith and love of Jesus looks like, sufficient for them to switch trajectory, switch the flight path they're on and be used by God in amazing, amazing, amazing ways. So in a minute, I'd like Alma to come and pray for us. But here's the thing, glory days. You could ask the question, I think it's one of the best questions around. Okay, wilderness represents you before you came to Jesus. Salvation represents Canaan, the promised land. The glory days we're not looking for. The glory days are here. And you might ask, well, that's great if that's true. That's great. But where are they in my finance? Where are they in my health? Where are they? Well, I'll tell you where they are. They're in this exact same place where the 18-year-old boy left them on the kitchen table when mom and dad came home and we said, hey, we know you're going to university. We know you need wheels. We know you need a place to live. But we've bought you the best apartment you could imagine. And we have bought you the best, most reliable, hear that word, Lindsay? Reliable car. Brand spanking new on the kitchen table. And that little boy, 18, he looks at there every day and he sees that car. He looks in the wall, he sees the picture of that apartment. He keeps looking and looking and night after night, one year goes by, two years goes by, and he, he goes, well, it's marvelous. It's marvelous. I see the car. Oh, I have a vision. I see my family coming together. I see the vision. I, I see that flat. I see these souls coming. I see the car. I see the... Uh, uh, and his dad goes, but the keys are lying on the table. And it says in the scripture that when God gave them the land and the rest, it uses two words, it said they took possession of it. And when Jesus came into your life, Canaan, you in that moment were given every spiritual gift in the heavenly places. The whole of Canaan was yours. Your inheritance, all the resources in heaven and the kingdom of heaven was yours. But in this hour, God is saying the keys are still lying on the table. And Jesus said, I give you the keys and I give you the power and authority. Can you imagine that anything you're facing right now, anything, any need, any lack, it's already yours. It's already in you. 
I taught this to a young man at the youths on Friday night. A young man who was playing for a certain local professional team. And half an hour before the game on Saturday, he's low. He, he's not happening. He's not. And he remembers. He remembers about this. He remembers about faith. He remembers about prayer. He remembers. And he goes and finds a dark spot for 15 minutes and begins to do the faith stuff. And when things are not going well, he steps up in the 40-odd minute and scores the best goal of his career and broke his all-time record of goals for one season. How many people believe the glory days are here for everybody? Come on, support the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory days are here. The glory days are here. But the keys of the kingdom are sitting on the dining table. And Elmo, we're going to stand on the keys of prayer, the keys of trust, the keys of praise, the keys of authority, the keys of dreaming and visualizing and believing, the keys of taking possession. It's no good God saying, I've given you the earth as your inheritance. I've given you the nations. I've given you every sphere of influence, every, every sphere and every nation, if the keys are still sitting there. How many of you would be willing to stand in a moment and take it five minutes to turn the key in the ignition. How many would be willing to do that? Come on. And, and you begin to say, I'm taking back that thing that's destroyed my family. I'm taking back that thing that's destroyed my resources. I'm taking that, back that thing that's destroyed my womb. I'm taking the bad. And, and God, you've given me gifts in the arts. You've given me gifts in meal. You've given me gifts in education. You've given me every spiritual blessing. And I don't understand that. I don't know how it's going to work out. But God, I'm in your glory days. I'm never going to look for them again. I'm never going to look for victory again. I'm going to operate from a position of victory because you gave me all the victory at the cross with your precious blood when you washed me from hand to toe. I have news for you, Vine Church. We're not seeking glory days no more. We're not praying for glory days no more. We're going to give thanks for glory days because Jesus ushered in his glory for all mankind and all the freedom and all the peace and all the joy and everything we need was purchased for us and he said it is finished turn to somebody and say your glory days are here come on ah you didn't do it you didn't do it you didn't do it you did can you we don't have Selma with us today we don't have Selma, so we've got the best thing we can come up with. Instead, we've got our very own Elma. Welcome up, guys. Come on. Come on. I think I'll, I think I'll change my name to Selma. That was a pretty awesome video, wasn't it? Jimmy's just asked if I would come up and pray, but I believe that actually Jimmy's to pray because I just felt God gave me a word as well for to encourage and to build you up and strengthen you. Um, and it just carries on with what Jimmy's been sharing about. Through the week, I got this vision of three monkeys. And I always love when God speaks. And like, I mean, another vision was the skies. When we saw the skies, the red skies at night, I think, wow, I've never seen skies like that in my life before. God, you're saying something. You're amazing. You're fantastic. So when I get this picture of the three monkeys, I'm thinking, what are you trying to say, God? What are you trying to say? And, if the, and it was just like 
He just showed me the, the, the monkeys. You know that the, there's three monkeys. There's a wee thing with monkeys. One see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil. Maybe you've, you've seen them. I, I just believed. I thought, oh, well, what does that really mean, God? Tell me what you mean. And I just was taken to the scripture. And this is a scripture that the Lord gave us. Because I believe for the glory days to happen, they're happening. They're happening now. But for to keep them and for them to, to be able to go forward, we must be living with a consuming fire. And we need that fire to keep burning, burning, burning. And this is what the scripture says from Isaiah 33. The, the Lord is exalted, it says here. And it starts off in verse 14. It says, the sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. And they're asking the question, who among us can live with the consuming fire? Who among us can live with continual burning? And this was the answer, verse 15. He who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity. He who rejects unjust gain and shakes his hands so that they, they hold no bribe. He who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. He will dwell on the heights. I don't know, I want to dwell on the heights. And it goes on to saying, his refuge will be the rock, his bread will be, his bread will be given him, his water will be assured, and I just believe for the church to go forward. This is something, and some I like images because they help me remind me that every time I'm about to, you know, see, you know, when we see things that we shouldn't see, we we have to have the eyes of faith. The, the, not the eyes of the flesh, the eyes of faith, the eyes of the spirit. We talk about we need the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need to really immerse us and allow the Holy Spirit, because that's where the power comes for, to influence all these things that Jimmy was talking about. It's so, so important. So what we, you know, it's so important what we see. You know, what are we seeing with the Spirit, with our spiritual eyes? Are we listening you know, what are we hearing? And sometimes think, well, I'm just here. I'm, you know, I'm just listening to the stuff. But is it right? Is it the coming? Are you listening? Are you seeing, uh, uh, listening to the right things? And you might think, oh, well, you know, I just listen. I don't do anything. But sometimes you may have to say, stop, stop. I don't want to listen anymore. And I'm trying to say, I just believe the Holy Spirit is just speaking to us. And then the third word, speak um, no evil because what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our mouth reveals our heart. And I believe that these are three things that we to go forward as a church. Because after this meeting, you, we could get up straight away and start to think, well, that was a bit of nonsense, was it not? Or I didn't like what he said there, or I don't agree with that. And, you know, and you, or you might just think it. You might just be thinking, and I think it's so, so important. The pastor last week says, we must speak good of our church. We must speak good of our leaders. If you don't have good to say, if you've got something, come to us. Come to us. But so many people won't come to us, but they will hear rumors and gossip. And I believe the way forward. I believe for the church, for us all, for me, for Jimmy, for us all, is that we see no evil, speak no evil. And what's the third one? What was it? 
hear no evil. And I just want to ask Jimmy that if he would just continue to pray for us. Yeah, let's applaud the Lord Jesus. Stand up together. Come on, let's search. Great. Three monkeys. Let's, can we have the band back up? And George, could, could we sing that last song again, please? I know you're still a wee bit jet lagged, but you could, you know, you can't hide good wine. You can't hide good wine. And uh, George is a Holy Spirit wino. It's just wherever he goes, he brings that Holy Spirit. And it's great. And you know, the thing is, guys, we've been talking about this stuff for years. Let me just share with you, when Tim started operating, when Tim Thompson, where is Tim, by the way? Right. He's, he's <laughs> sneak. Hey, by the way, did he speak good on that there? How many of you think he should be preaching, speaking like that? Come on. Look at that. Get the glasses on. Guys, we've kept you a bit, but it's been a great day, and I thank you, you know, for being with us. We've got five minutes, and we're there. But here's the thing, and, and um, here's the thing. Tim, his passion is for Jesus as much as anybody I know. His passion is for evangelism. I'm telling you now, as much as anybody I know. We couldn't reach the business mountain for love their money. We could reach any sphere in this town except the business people. How many people know that business people need Jesus too? Come on. But I'm telling you now, the minute we started that, it was like, oh, you're after money. Oh, you're this and you're that and you're turning the church into a business. I'm not exaggerating. The stuff in the mud that was thrown at Tim and thrown at the idea. People didn't catch the vision. The vision was nothing to do with making money. Any money Ms. made was plowed back into the church and feeds the ministries and we use that for missions. But it was about how do you reach? See, a lot of businessmen feel, especially bankers, they've told me the head of the Bank of Scotland, whose signature is on the temple notes, told me, that a Christian told him he was a devil because he worshipped mammon. That's what they told him, because he worshipped mammon. He's a man. He's trying to make a living like anybody else. And he's gifted in the business world. And the truth of the matter is, our heart, first and foremost, is always for the poor, the orphan, the widows. But on the end of the day, it's for anybody that needs Jesus. And here's the crazy thing. Despite all these noises and discouragements and uh, suspicions and rumors and, you know, this, that, and the next thing. This guy and his team have engaged hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of wonderful people in the business world and when they come in here they get to see what the face of Jesus looks like because he switched his trajectory flight path from the church flight path to the business flight path we have one of the most amazing amazing people like Ian Thompson have helped him in IT and lots of you guys have mucked in but I'm telling you now Hardly anybody gets it. But I pray today by the Holy Spirit, you will get it. And you'll get a passion for lost souls in every single sphere, as it, including people in the business world who've been frowned upon. And as soon as anybody makes money or makes anything, some Christians think they're like, 
they're evil, but they're not. Because the truth is, businessmen pour multi, multi, multi millions of their own money into the kingdom to finance churches and finance orphans and finance missions and hospitals. And I want us to pray, but first of all, I want to applaud the Lord God for this man Thompson here sticking to his vision through thick and thin and making Jesus available to the business mountain. Come on, let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. That's what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is. It's Jesus in the mountains. Let's lift our hands. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, let's lift our hands and pray. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. It was you that chose Jesus to be on the mountains. It was you that says, lift your eyes to the hills. It was you that came across the mountains with the good news. And how beautiful are your feet. I pray that the people in Africa and India and the nations of the world and in every mountain can see you coming. Can see you coming. Maybe they're just in your prayers. Maybe it's just you're literally going with a mission. But they see you in a dream. Muslims by the mills, they see you coming. They see you coming. And they see your feet are beautiful because your feet are bringing the gospel of God news. So over every single mountain, media, government, family, business, every single one, God, let us be the feet. Let us be the feet that go into those mountains. Let us be the feet that carry Jesus over those mountains. And let every single mountain on the face of the earth bow to the mountain of the Lord. Lord Jesus, put keys in every single hand in this room today. Keys that have got power. Keys that have got authority to get up each day and take possession of what you need in the resources by faith. Take by faith what they need in their wombs. Take what they need by faith in their families. Take what they need in their faith by faith. Take possession. Take possession. Take possession. Lay hold of those things that are not as though they were. Steve Jobs, many are not Apple fans and that's fine, but for all the evil in the man, he caught one thing that Christians need to catch. He saw what's never been seen before and he brought it into being. That's what faith is. It's getting into the Holy Spirit's presence and seeing, seeing what's never been done before for the elderly and the orphan and the, and the poor ones and the drug addicts. Seeing what's never been done before and by faith taking possession of a great dream to soak and pull that into this thing. Holy Spirit, anoint every person right now. Anoint every person. Let them go home today with a sense the trouble is over, the suffering is over, the depression is over, the financial thing is over, the marriage agony and pain is over. Touch every heart, oh God. Heal every heart, oh God. Heal every mind, oh God. Let your Holy Spirit fill them, oh God. But whatever they do, send them home 
never looking for another glory day, but simply declaring what you already given them and take hold of it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, guys.